episode 290. You had asked, and I'm paraphrasing here, you had asked the panel, uh, what can these manufacturers do for you? The people sitting in the room here, they're manufacturers. What can they do for you? And the one shop owner said, they can give us content to help us sell the customer. You know, like that, that Gates plexiglass thing that shows how the serpentine belt works. You remember that? And what did he say? He said, if they could have made that into something I could email or text to my customers or show them in another way, make it digital, that would have been, he said, that would have been perfect. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarket professionals, to the aftermarket's best library of powerful audiobooks that help shape your learning curve. This is episode 290 with Al Haberstroh and Robert Cannon. Carm Capriato here on the Remarkable Results Radio podcast with a special interview from Apex 2017. Now, this is a very interesting discussion on marketing and brands and how catching your customer at the zero moment of truth can help drive buying decisions. Like marketing, you'll love this interview. Hey, I want to thank Federal Mogul Motor Parts for their support and commitment to bring you the industry's premier educational podcast. They are the reason you enjoy these great aftermarket interviews. So when you need innovation and quality, you need Federal Mogul Motor Parts. With brands like Moog, Felpro, Wagner Brake, Anco, Champion, Seal Power, FP Diesel, and more. They're the parts tech trust. Find out more fmmotorparts.com and thank you for the support of these brands you know i recently opened a new page on the website called events now there find links to local regional and national training events for business owners and technicians these are must training events to keep yourself your business and technical skills on the cutting edge have you downloaded the free remarkable results radio listening app Well, it's on your app store, and it's easily downloaded in just a few minutes, and you'll have every aftermarket audiobook in the palm of your hand. It's what I use when commuting. Hey, the network continues to grow thanks to my new Facebook friends, Brian Collins, Andy Daniels, Titus Martin, and Robert Nissen, and to my new LinkedIn connections, Rachel Park, Steve Hoffman, and Eric Howard. Thank you all, and for my social links, and for a free subscription to the Insider Newsletter, just go to remarkableresults.biz slash social. Now meet Al Haberstroh, a partner and chief strategy officer at Montad Media, a data marketing company serving the automotive aftermarket, and Robert Cannon, chairman and CEO of Autonet TV. Now these two companies have formed a strategic partnership to provide innovative content and marketing services to the aftermarket. Now listen to this quote. Macro trends like price transparency, we've heard of that, and more educated consumers are compelling smart manufacturers to connect with repair shops and consumers in creative ways. Autonet TV produces engaging content, and Mount Ad Media can efficiently get that content to shops and high-value customers. Very, very interesting. Now, this interview looks at how they're going to help compel the consumer to gain knowledge about the automotive and get pre-sold and request a brand. Now, as I mentioned, this conversation is going to light you up if you're into branding and marketing and the buying moment of truth. Alan Robert have a handle on the e-buying experience and look to work with the aftermarket to nurture a knowledgeable and brand-conscious consumer to the service professional. So many great takeaways. You're going to love this one. Find the talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash e290. Now, keep this in mind as you drive into this fascinating discussion. 
When a millennial comes in to buy anything, they have more information about product and brand than any other generation. Now, meet Al Haberstroh and Robert Cannon. We're live here at Apex 2017 uh, in the um, Portable Broadcast Studio. I found this PowerPoint presentation, and uh, I fell in love with it. I had to call the guy who sent it to me. His name is Al Haberstroh, and he works for MonAd Media. And he's a partner there, and he's the chief strategy officer at MonAd. It's a data marketing company serving the auto aftermarket. 25-year veteran experience in driving business for companies in the retail, manufacturing, and service industries. With him is Robert Cannon, the chairman and CEO of AutoNet TV. And here is what intrigued me, everyone. This PowerPoint talked about a great new concept in how we all can grow our sales, but it was the tagline, connect videos that sell to people who buy. Wow. The key word is to buy. It's almost to me, is you being able to recognize who that individual is. And are we talking the wizard of video and a little bit of wizard of technology here? Well, I think on the technology side, there's a little bit of wizardry, although the concept is really pretty simple. Uh, it's understanding the audience that's most valuable to you. One of the basic tenets of marketing is find people who care about what you sell and then communicate to them. So the data marketing tools that are available today allow us to find those people most likely to care about things like what part they're going to install on my car when I go in for service. Not everybody's going to care about that. So we don't waste your money sending ads to people who we are fairly certain are not going to care about that. We find people who are. Al, you're piquing my interest here. You're not finding people who will have that part installed. Are you, are you telling me that you know an awful lot about what people are doing and their experience in the automotive uh, relationship? Well, here's kind of how it works. I use this in the PowerPoint, but here's kind of how it works. There are 278 million cars on the road, right? Of that, maybe at any given time, a couple of million need a particular part or service. Of that, maybe only a few hundred thousand people are convertible. By that, I mean will care what part is installed in the car. Now, how do I find them? Finding people who are searching out the problem is pretty easy. We're talking brand preference here. Yes. Oh, I got it. Brand preference. Because with what's going on in the marketplace now price transparency, an empowered consumer, a consumer who can research everything. Um, there's a great free, actually, um, ebook that Google created. It's called The Zero Moment of Truth. And what it addresses is the point at which somebody makes a decision to buy. It plays off that old Procter & Gamble final moment of truth, which they always said when you're standing in the store, standing in front of the display. Well, Google is making the point that, that the time that the consumer decides to make a purchase... It's too late. It's too late by Got the time it. you're in the store. So they've already researched the product. They've already done their homework. They know what they're going to buy. One heck of a concept. You know, the consumer now is a lot different than it was even 10 years ago when we started in the business. Because the consumer now, who is this millennial, which at a recent conference I was at, they said that's the largest group of employees now in, in the country. So now when you start looking at that group and you say, well, what sets them apart from other consumers? 
What sets them apart is most of them have grown up and never been without a computer. So technology guides them in what they do. They want to go on the internet when they want to look up anything they purchase, whether it's clothing, whether it's food, whether it's parts for a car, or whether it's service center. They want to get to the internet. And as we've seen now, numbers tell us that video content is increasing 100% per year of what people are looking at when they go on the internet. How many percent? 100% a year. So now people are uploading so much video content that every time you pull out a phone, you're looking for something. I just did a Facebook Live. Right. See? There were six minutes of video content that I just put up. I'll tell you an interesting story. Recently, my mother-in-law, who just turned 93, she went to my wife and said, Robin, I want you to put me on Instagram. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. 93? She's 93, and she wanted to go on Instagram. All right. Because she wants to see what not only her children are doing, she wants to see what her grandchildren, and now even her great-grandchildren are doing, because every day they're posting videos. Now, at the same time, I have a five-year-old grandson who came up to me and said, Grandpa, can I use your phone to play some games? And I said, I don't have any games on my phone. And he said, that's okay. I'll put some on, and I promise you I won't put any on that you have to pay for. (laughs) It's a video information world. How many that are listening? By the way, that's Robert Cannon, so you guys can understand whose voices they are. And uh, how many can relate to that that are listening? Okay, so we're, we're, gonna, we're driving this whole video thing because really, if it's games, it's video. If it's content like Instagram for grandma, your mom, it's video. They want to see what's going on with the kids, what play they're in, what hobbies they have. Do kids have hobbies anymore today? <laughs> yeah, their hobbies are the games on the video. <laughs> you know, it was interesting. A couple of years ago, um, we made a push to get more involved with uh, the AASA because... We kept looking at the business and saying, if consumers were more aware of exactly what was being done to their vehicle, they'd want to make those decisions that Al was talking about a little bit ago, because they would understand. And and we know trust has always been a factor. And so the more we can put correct information in front of consumers, the easier it is for them to make a decision. I'm talking to Bud Houston a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Hey, bud, what's the best thing about the Guru on the Go van? Yeah, I think that the the best thing about the van and kind of the mission is it's twofold. One one is ultimately to bring brand awareness uh, of the Federal Mogul portfolio. But I think the way that we do that is we bring value to the technician and the shop owner. And how we do that is, is we bring technical content, we bring some updated material, and once they see that I care about their operation, their reputation, and their qualifications, one, they're, they're built up, but two, they, they really, at that point, listen to what I have to say about the brands, and, it, and it's built, the relationship is built on a, a mutual benefit. So you bring technical stuff, and you bring product-specific yeah, me personally, I, I'm, I'm super technical, technical background. So anytime I'm doing a lunch and learn or a van visit uh, training session, it's, it's typically 90% technical, 10% uh, product. Any new Moog products that are getting good reviews? 
Yeah, one that's recently released is uh, uh, the Dodge Ram 25 and 3500 complete steering assembly. It's uh, inner and outer tie rod ends and drag link pre-assembled. Uh, this is the first uh, aftermarket um, part that's available and a complete assembly for this application. And then the specific application to late model Dodge Rams are, are actually a, a kind of a high failure part on, on the chassis parts. What about the compression-loaded ball joints with pre-installed integral dust boot? Yeah, the, the integral dust boot has been a huge hit. Initially, the, the idea was, was, well, where is the boot? And then once you kind of get around and show people, they're like, well, that is the best idea I've ever seen because I've torn so many boots on installation or I've had a boot that's not seated properly. And they're like, well, that's just not an issue now. And, and they love it. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. I think it's so interesting to say that you wanted to get more involved with AASA because how has marketing changed since the 90s, Al? Marketing itself in the aftermarket uh, has changed quite a bit. When I first entered the industry... I had a couple of consulting jobs because I came out of uh, CPG, that's consumer packaged goods and traditional retail marketing before I came over to the aftermarket. So I had a couple of consulting jobs with large manufacturers. I won't say who they are, um, but as part of my process, I would bring in team members. So the product team, uh, the marketing team, management, etc. And I'd always ask a question to get started. Who were your customers? You know what they told me? They told me they named the program groups. They named the retailers. They said, that's who your customers are. And this floored me. I came out of traditional CPG. If you said to Procter & Gamble, who are your customers? They would explicitly describe a woman who buys Pampers, a woman who buys Tide. They know exactly who their customers are, and it's the person who actually buys the product, pays for the product. And because you were an outsider, it floored you. Absolutely. But an insider, they figured they had it nailed. Right. I think they did, but what did that get them? I'll give you one thing it got them, 365-day terms. That's what it got them, because you cannot allow somebody else to control your brand. So you have to... Take control of your brand. And the next step they made in the marketing process was they started really aggressively marketing to the shops and the automotive technicians. So they created training programs. And you see how successful um, some of the trade pubs, especially Babcock's has been. Thank you, Babcock's, for being one of the sponsors here. But the point is that that was a good step. Now... With the empowered consumer, they have to take the next step and they have to start focusing on brand rather than just focusing on product. And they have to start doing that. Guys, I've done interviews and I talk to the service professionals and I'm proud to say that I'm interviewing the top 15%. Uh, When guys come on, they're at the top of their craft, but they never were. They tell the story of their evolution uh, to success and and they know that every day. If they if they let it go one minute, they're they're going to lose. So they you know just great people to emulate in the industry. They tell me more often than not, doesn't my consumer my customer doesn't care what brand I put on. That seems to be universal. Well, they're right, okay, if it's universal. But 
customers are not universal. You just said, I interviewed the top 15% of shops. Are all shops alike? No. All people aren't alike, and that's the problem. When we start to think as marketers in these huge segments, all customers are alike. No customers care about the parts they're installed. I can tell you without fear of being wrong that that's a fallacy. I've always said this. If the brand has a, an inherently built-in level of quality, whatever the pitch is, we failed as an industry. Let's go back just 10 years ago, Al. Get those words into the mouth of the service advisor. If we helped them sell to uh, give confidence to their customer, uh, the brands may be on more on top of the world today than ever before. Several years ago, we contacted a major company, and we were talking to them about using videos to help consumers understand the sales. And he told us, I don't want consumers in the shop. I don't want them waiting here. I don't want them being involved. Well, that philosophy, although I don't think it worked then, really doesn't work now. Because when a 30-year-old person walks in, they're expecting to know everything about it because they've either been online looking at what the part is or looking at your shop. And they're saying now, show me what we're talking Wait about. Wait a minute. You just broke the code. I think I figured it out. <laughs> and that is? That is, if that 30-year-old has already researched and a major brand had a chance to get in front of them and they walked into the shop and said, can I have a Gates belt? And the service advisor is going to sit there and says, how do you know about Gates? Yeah. yeah. Am I right? Is, it, is that what you're really talking about? Well, here's the thing. Let me, let me give you an anecdotal story. Because this story is what got me thinking along these terms. Right? My bookkeeper asked me one day in the office. She said, you know, I came from my shop and they said I need new hubs. And they want to install, she told me, some off-brand. And I said, don't let them do that. I gave them the brands that they ought to install. Uh, I told her why. I told her about ABS functionality. I told her about durability. I asked her how long you were going to own the car. Once I educated her, she then went to the shop and asked for a specific brand. And guess what? The shop installed it because it's a brand that's readily available. Now, from a shop standpoint, if I have that content in a video and I have a customer who comes into my shop looking for hubs and I can make five extra points of margin by selling them the branded product and upselling them, why wouldn't I do that? You'll have a more satisfied customer. You'll be installing a better product. You'll be eliminating the possibility of a comeback when the ABS light goes on because corrosives on the road, you know, corrode the poor connection on the cheap hub. All of that is to your benefit as a shop. And a shop owner, if the manufacturer makes the content to tell that story to the consumer available. You know, I have a couple of thoughts on that. First, I'm going to give everybody, every one of our customers, Al's phone number so they can call him to find out exactly which ones they should put on their car. Yeah, now, the thank you, Al. Yeah, is, next time I have an issue, I, I'm going to check. <laughs> send my wife to you. But the next thing is, that's the whole point. When someone comes in about hubs, how many people know what their hubs are for? How they're used? What impact do they have? But now if you take a video that's 30 seconds long, 40 seconds long, there's no sound to it, but you just show them 
This is what it does, and here's the impact it has on your car. Wait a minute. I think I also broke the next code. Because you're in the business to do this, in, you know, in, in, in waiting rooms and showrooms, right? Yep. But you want to take your video and get it out in, in, the, in the world of, say, zero contact. So if somebody's doing the research, here comes your video through the manufacturer. I almost see the business plan here. Well, these 3D animations, you can get so involved in this. I mean, you're, you're actually spinning that part. As they're looking at it so they understand exactly what's there and so when they come in and say hey every time I push on my brakes now my brake pedal my steering wheel starts to just shimmy what's the problem and you pull up this video and say look here are your pads here are your rotors and you show these contact points it's so simple that you really don't need to explain it they can see for themselves exactly what's happening they're empowered and they know they're making a good decision the ability to find the consumer that cares, I know, is a leap of faith. I know it's a leap of faith. But for every single consumer record, you, myself, Robert, you may not like it, but the data resources we have have 5,000 variable points that describe you. Now, you may not like that, but it's the reality of 2017. Companies, big companies, have been accumulating a lot of data. They sell it. You've got a Experian with a, a booth on the floor, and their whole business is selling data. So the ability to find the right audience is there. But at the end of the day, that's only part of the issue because you can go out and find the audience, yes. But you also have to make the content available to the shops so the shops can use the content when a customer comes in the door because... To your point, all the shops say a customer doesn't care what part is installed on the vehicle. Okay, if you're a shop and you've got a way to make additional margins. See, I think, I think the world is changing. I don't think the world is changing. I know the world is changing. Um, just came from a presentation and I, I saw essentially the same presentation at the um, technology conference, the automotive technology conference down in Florida. They polled people on how much savings they would have to get to leave their car at the shop overnight as opposed to getting the job done in one day, right? So they've got this data, and they, there were pr points of, of how much the consumer has to save. Well, when I saw that presentation in Florida, I raised my hand and asked a question, and the question is, why are you automatically assuming that the shop is going to give all of that savings to the consumer rather than increasing their own margin on the job. Makes sense. If a smart shop understands the difference between consumers, they know the consumer, they can make a little bit. And they're not deserving the consumer. In a way, saving the consumer some money and making some additional points of margin themselves. If they can indeed do that by ordering the part uh, and it comes a day later. I'm uh, I'm moved by uh, you and I spoke probably four or five months ago, and you gave me this George Orwellian view of data, and you really scared the heck out of me. Those five thousand points of I didn't know I had five thousand things that somebody could want to track, but apparently it's true. And so the more I continue to learn about what it is that you're doing, if brands matter, 
And if I'm researching a front-end part, and for the sake of my sponsor's federal mogul, let's pick MOOC, for example, and if I was looking, and someone contracted however you guys are building this program, if I had a chance to see a video on not only what you know the front end does, but maybe it would be sponsored by Moog as an example. And when the person walked in at the point, the zero point of, uh, I'm here, I, uh, I, I need some front end work. And they say, uh, do, do you uh, use Moog products? That's actually pulling the brand through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is, that, is that where you're going with this? It is indeed, because if you have a, say, a ride control product, let's say you've got a, a and excuse me if I'm not that familiar with the entire, I should be familiar with the entire Moog line, but, but let's say it's a tie rod, right? So, you know, the, the older tie rods, the older tie rod technology um, had a little uh, hole in the end so you could lubricate the, the bearings inside it, right? You know, so new technology uh, maybe delivers a sealed tie rod or a better quality tie rod uh, is sealed with uh, material in the bearings that give them a life of 100,000 plus miles or whatever, right? I'm not an engineer, so please excuse my, uh, my limited knowledge of what I'm talking about. I right? see where you're going. But the point is, if you have the video that shows the consumer what the difference is and why that matters, it's a quieter ride, it's lower maintenance, it's longer life. Now, does it become easier to upsell that customer to a higher quality and, and higher price product, which delivers more margins to the shop? If you bumped into them during their process... Right. 99% of the time, a consumer doesn't care. When a consumer cares is when they've got something that goes wrong with their vehicle, right? Suspension happens to be, there's an area where that can be a planned purchase, right? I mean, how often does a shock fail? No, it starts to wear, and you feel the wear, and you realize that you need it. That can be a planned purchase. Where he's coming from a side of data, and where we're putting this in, we use a lot of digital because we say, hey, put up this digital menu board. It's going to make your shop look nicer, and it's easier to change the pricing. But we need to take those digital tools further than that, because when we're talking about a planned suspension, when we say, okay, this is going to come in 50,000 miles, well, any good shop is going to have a database that tells that. So instead of waiting for that customer to come in, why are you not sending a video out to them saying, it's time for you to get your shock's done. Your timing belt changed. Here's what's involved, and we want you to just take a look at this video. It'll help you understand what's going to be done. Because when you get into a timing belt, you're not talking about just the timing belt. There's so many other parts that probably need to be changed at the same time. And so instead of sticker shock saying, well, this is going to cost you this much, all of a sudden they're prepared because they're looking at saying, oh, I get it. we got the pulley system in there. We've got this on the pump and all these different things. Then they're prepared to make a decision saying, okay, we need to allocate $450 for this. And it's going to have to come over the next couple of months. Do we want to finance it with a warranty that's, or finance it through financing in the, with this company? Or how do we pay for it? But we're prepared for it. And they understand the decision they're making. Carm, remember when um, we were at the ACC conference last year, right? Yep, yep. And you did the interview with the technician panel. Okay, I'm going to tax your memory a little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you remember? I've had a couple glasses of wine since yeah. then. And we all have gray hair in here, Al, so be careful. <laughs> I just turned gray. <laughs> but 
This is another thing. You know, this is like the evolution of my thought process and why this matters. So you had asked, and I'm paraphrasing here, you had asked the panel, uh, what can these manufacturers do for you? The people sitting in the room here, they're manufacturers. What can they do for you? And the one shop owner said, they can give us content to help us sell the customer. You know, like that, that Gates plexiglass thing that shows how the serpentine belt works. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And what did he say? He said, if they could have made that into something I could email or text to my customers or show them in another way, make it digital, that would have been, he said, that would have been perfect. Was that your aha moment? That was one of my aha moments. I sat there in the audience and I said, yeah. I mean, how simple is that? Oh, my God, that? that's a... That's a 10-second video. You, you know what's interesting about that? This morning I was talking to a, a fellow, and they have a lot of service centers. And he said that they're really struggling to get employees in there. So what they're hiring are uneducated people. But by the same token, when we talk to shops, they tell us that by watching videos and hearing what's said, they learn more about the business. So it's an educational tool, even for training. Yes, it is. If you want to learn to be a great service writer, especially in conceptually trying to get across to the consumer what the product does, what it's going to fix on the vehicle, how much more safe it's going to be, those videos, it's almost to the point they don't have to show the video once they learn the pitch. I'm impressed with the thought process here, and I almost want to close the circle a little bit by asking digital vehicle inspections today, huge. It's only a tiny piece of the industry, yet the guys that are doing it are talking about 20, 30, 40% increases in average repair order. Okay, so there is a very big thing about declined work, and the declined work that if it was non-digital, there were still declined work. But now that you have a, a, a copy of this, I almost am trying to figure out the mentality of how you move the data around and says, press a button for as many people that have declined any kind of chassis work. Is this the marketing that goes out? But it's not generic. You're, you guys are really talking about it. It is brand. Branded. It's right. brand driven. It's branded content. It can be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be generic. So, for example... If you had a customer come in and they said, okay, we want to do this, this, and this, and, and we'll hold off on the other one, but you knew what service that was, 30 days later, you may want to send out, 60 days later, just a link to a video saying, here's that service you turned down. Are you still starting to feel problems with your brakes? Are you still starting to hear a little squeal in your engine when you turn that, that motor on? So now they, it, it revisits it. And yet you've given them a video so that they see the problem and they understand how it impacts the car. Where's the brand come in here? Well, the brand creates the video. So, for example, if it's a, a chassis part video, um, Moog doesn't overtly sell. It does talk about the quality of Moog product, but it talks about the importance of chassis product to the proper and safe operation of the vehicle and how important it is to have quality parts because you're putting your baby in the back of this car and it's important that the car perform well uh do you remember the old um monroe um squirrel commercials where... oh god that was that was a classic uh, yeah. campaign yeah. yeah so when you think back to that what were they saying they were saying that you know uh having having new sh 
shocks and struts are going to make your car stop safer. Uh, people continually use brakes as an example to me because, of course, it's a very, you know, it's a high volume um, business. And they say, well, you know, if you tell people I've got X, Y and Z brakes and X is the cheapest, most of the time they'll just take the X because in their minds, brakes are somewhat a commodity. But if you tell people if you put X brakes on your vehicle, that vehicle is going to stop 30 feet shorter at 60 miles an hour. And if the car bumper in front of you is 20 feet away at the end of that process, what brakes do you want to have on the car? You know, so you have to educate them that there's a reason a higher quality product costs more. And in many cases, that reason has to do with the safe operation of the vehicle. Guys, are you pushing the bus uphill on this campaign? I mean, because I, I know you're saying that you want the manufacturer to provide that video. Are, are they, uh, have you recruited any in, in this campaign? Well, uh, this whole process started with, again, you know, <laughs> everything's in evolution, right? So the, the I mean, comment... We're, are we uh, we're in the bottom rung here? Or? I, well, here's, here's what occurred. Uh, well, our client was uh, CRC Industries. And they make a product that addresses a specific problem, and that's carbonization on valves, uh, intake valves for GDI engines, right? So that's the problem. So what we did was I, they came to me with the problem. We want to push this product out. We want to gain market share because it's a growing, more, more and more GDI engines on the road, more and more G vehicles with GDI engines. So we created a two-prong campaign. We created a shop-facing um, microsite, which educated the shops about their product to solve the problem and educated the shops on how to sell the consumer when they come into the bay with a GDI vehicle. So we had videos. We, we um, partnered with AutoNet TV in creating the videos. Then we customized the videos. Then we created consumer videos. Now, we did this all in um, with edits. So uh, use the same on-screen on talent, uh, use the same animations. Um, and we're able to do edits very, very efficiently. So we made a consumer version. Then what we did was we created car brand versions, simple edits. So in other words, it's your Ford EcoBoost needs this. Your Mazda Skyactiv engine needs this. Now, if you look at how that content was consumed on YouTube and other channels, you'll see people search for problems with their car aligned to what their cars are. It's been very successful. Napa picked up the program and pushed it out to all their shops so their shops could have access to the content. We had to make the video. Originally, the videos were just viewable online. But at Napa's request, we had to go back and make them all downloadable. So to answer your question, yes, it does work and it has worked. How does Robert fit into this equation? He created all the videos. Oh. All these videos can be delivered, whether you want to put a digital menu board that has a video on demand feature to pull up any specific part, or you just want to have something for a shop where people are waiting for an hour or so and you put some entertainment but mix it in with different pieces about cars because one of the problems the consumer has is he doesn't realize that what a differential does. Don't realize that it's not just brake pads that push the gear. You've got all the other parts. You know, you've got the calipers. You've got the just what we're talking about. And so 
An educated consumer is going to take better care of their car. They just, they want to get into it. But one point that Al made there that was really interesting, the manufacturer, and they're starting to realize this, because even in the two meetings this morning, they talked about you've got to educate the consumer. That is your customer. Your customer is not the shop. The customer is really the consumer because he drives the car. The person driving the car. So these videos can be used for training a technician. They can be used for training a service rider. And they can be used for training a consumer. Because a consumer wants to know, am I buying something good? Am I getting the best bread at the supermarket? Am I buying the best soda pop? Am I buying the best apples? I just want to know what I'm buying. So it's CARMS service, and and I want to sell this GDI cleaner. Um, do I have a micro site or a place where I could send people to to watch this that gives me a little bit of taste in here? If you want it, because the videos are downloadable. Once you download them, you can do what you want oh, with them. Oh, I would download them. Oh, the, yeah, the shop can download them. And now you can use them on your Facebook page. I see. Yeah. And so I'm actually branding through Facebook because it's my business page. Exactly. I see. Exactly. And what if I want to send an email to a customer that has a drivability issue and we know they have a GDI and we know they're running, not running right. Do I, can I send them to a YouTube link? Could I send them to my, could I take that YouTube embed code, put it on my website? Absolutely. Exactly. I see. Absolutely. So now all of a sudden you become your your shop becomes a Google site in essence every time they want to know something about a car or everyone want to know something about a part they go to your website they don't come to my company they go to your website exactly. and they look it up and the brands are, are driving these this video so for me do I have to pay for this somehow I mean just as long as I'm a member of your group for yes. example okay yeah. and basically so you produce the videos you bring the supplier relationships, right, Now, is that, is that how this is working? In, in many cases, I think we both have some relationships with suppliers and manufacturers. Uh, we certainly do as a company. Uh, I, I think, really, the key is marketing is all about educating, especially in our business, because in our business, we are dealing with very complex things, automobiles, right? I, I mean, the average... ASC certified tech has what the equivalent of a two-year engineering education, so it's they're complex machines. But at the same time, the amount of research that consumers are doing aligned to the safe operation of the vehicles when they need a repair, etc. It's growing exponentially every year. Like Robert made the point that video consumption increases about 100 percent a year. Well, video can. Video search on YouTube for answers to problems, to questions. How many times have you heard a tech say they'll they'll sometimes go on YouTube to to uh, find the answer to an install problem? Right? It's being used consistently. So, really, how many years ago was it that most of the people in this room didn't have a website? Why? They didn't need a website. What do I, what do I need a website for? How many people are going online now? Website is considered the sun in the middle of your marketing solar system. If you don't have a website, you don't exist. And what's going to happen is if you don't reach out, if I'm Brand X, if I'm Moog and I don't reach out and I don't create this content for consumers, you know what's going to happen? The company that does and does a really good job with it 
is going to take a little market share from you. And that little bit of market share will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because at the end of the day, it is a market share issue. There's $62 billion worth of unperformed service out there, right? Cars that, that need service. So that's an area where, where this kind of content can cause some growth. But there's a ceiling to it. And good marketing is about growing market share. And now when you look at that from a consumer standpoint, the largest group of employees are millennials now. You know, we baby boomers, we're completely out of it. You know, I mean, we're no, we're no longer the big group. I don't know about completely out of it. I feel out of it sometimes. But, but the millennials now are coming in with this group and they want to understand exactly what they're getting. Everything is, I want it on my phone, I want it on my tablet, I want to be able to research this. And so now, when that consumer stays ahead of that and makes certain, we're making that link from the manufacturer to the shop and the consumer. That's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to help them pick out, here are the people that are most likely to want to get your part, and we're going to pick and choose those, and we're going to put videos in front of them. Whose job is it? You know, I see one of the slides, it says, we deliver the right people. But whose job is it? Is it the shop owner who has to take a much bigger role in using these tools? I think it's twofold, right? It's my job as a data marketer to find the right audiences for my clients. To get back to what I said when we opened up, uh, Marketing 101, find the people who care, right? So that's the job of our company. That's what we do. Then from a shop standpoint, the shop needs the content, like the Gates example that the gentleman down in, in at the ACC Nashville, conference. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, Nashville, that's right, talked to us about. They are looking for that kind of content because they realize the more they can educate their own customers, the better their, own, their business is going to be. I don't run a shop. Okay, I came into this business on the marketing side, but I've talked to a lot of shop owners. I've talked to guys like you who know the business very well. Uh, I've learned the business from, from the aspect of somebody coming from the outside looking in. But one of the things I've learned is, to your point, you said you interviewed the top 15% of shop owners. You will find that, and I think you have find that, that find me a shop that says, I don't care about customer management and customer relations. Find me a shop that says that and is successful. I don't know if one exists. It may. But <laughs> the point is that all you're doing is serving your customers better. Um, and the interesting thing about where this can go, right? Let's say, as a shop, you have a first call relationship with a supplier. Now, that first call relationship, and many times, is going to determine the parts you install in the vehicle. And that is going to shut out certain brands. However, other brands are available from your second or third call resource or somewhere. Those brands are available to you. If a customer comes in with a brand preference, are you going to lose the sale? What's more important to you, your first call relationship with the customer? Who's more important to you? I understand. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what we... It's the point we're trying to get across to um, the people who make the parts. Your brand should matter. I'm still, as much as I thought I, I understood completely, now I don't. 
Okay. And I backed off a minute. And the question is to you, Robert. What is different now than what you currently do? I, I you you produce the video like the Gates model that shows the timing components and the importance of it. Why do why do we need to package it or sell it as anything different than what it currently is? Think about this. You you have a millennial who walks into your office. And in fact, expand it beyond the millennial. Take anybody 40, 45, 50 years of age, okay? If he walks into your shop and you don't have a way to show him what you're going to do to the car, is he coming back? Is he even going to do business with you? He won't. He looks at it and he says, this... This place is so old, I'm not sure they're even up to date with their products, their content, or anything. No, I get it. And there's a lot of software out there in, in the digital world, the, the, this omni-marketing, that, that there are videos that are playing for some people when they get that text message about what's going on with their car. I'm sure you've got to be involved in that somehow. Yeah. But now, I guess my curiosity is, is it the brand that matters in this whole transaction? And, and and that's that's what I'm trying well, to really the, understand. Well, the point is, it can. I'll go back to the example again of uh, my employee who needed hubs, right? The brand mattered when she understood what the differences were in the product. And you want that to be electronic. You want that to be digital. You don't want to have... You can't duplicate yourself... 100 million times. That's right. I can't, I can't personally go and talk to everybody who's going to have hubs installed in their vehicles. Now, you know, the shop owners can, right? Because they're rolling into their bays. But sometimes they won't even see the person, right? I mean, the, the person will research a hub. Um, what is that grinding noise? All the time I get these types of comments. I'm not a technician, but I'll, I'll get these kind of comments up to know your parts side from a, um, a DIYer who's stumped. Sometimes even a tech was dumped. They ask technical questions, and uh, unfortunately, I can't answer them, but I have access to all the manufacturers' tech lines, so that's helpful. But the point is that, that um, as they research, as consumers research more and more of what they're doing, it just makes sense to be there. That's all, just to be there. That's the first step. Be part of the conversation. Be available to them when they're looking for the content. Connect, we started out, here's how we started a few minutes ago. Connect videos that sell to people who buy. And that's the whole point. Um, the videos themselves are what educates the consumers. The kinds of marketing programs is what gets that content to the consumers. So you asked a couple of minutes ago what's different, and the answer is nothing between what Robert and I do. Nothing's different. What we did for CRC together before we formed this strategic partnership is exactly the same. We just saw a value, quite frankly, both to our own companies and to the industry in bringing these services in a, in a package combined program to the marketplace. Listen, I grew up in this industry with brands. I loved brands. Uh, I loved what was inherently built into the quality of aftermarket brands. I love their marketing. Just think we failed in getting that message to the consumer. And I, I think the, the, the big piece here is video is king, and we have to be able to deliver the content at the moment of <laughs> zero, I'm sorry, what, what do you call zero it? Moment zero truth. moment of truth. And if we could get the brand to put their shoulder in it, 
right? Exactly. Be in the game. Be in the game. And if I'm in love with this brand, I appreciate it. I love their rebates. I like their people. I like their training. Then I'll put my shoulder into the video program and make sure that the video that I send someone the link to has my brand identified in it. Is that where we're headed here? Exactly. When you want to buy brake pads, okay, when my 93-year-old mother-in-law goes in because she drives to get her hair done every Friday and drives home and then she drives to the supermarket, what brake pad does she need? So if she can see a difference between those three, she can make a decision and she's comfortable. She's only going to drive her car for 5,000 miles a year. But she's comfortable with that. But if you're Richard Petty, you've got a different brake pad you've got to get. And that simple explanation lets the consumer make the right choice. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to sell them. They make the choice because they see it in front of them. So if you're Wagner, right, and now you have a video that speaks to Robert's 93-year-old mother about the kind of brakes she ought to be putting on her vehicle... And speaks to... Stopping power. Hmm. You know, I'm getting a little short. I, my, my legs aren't as strong as they used to be. So, yeah. Exactly. And on the other side of the equation, you know, <laughs> this Richard Petty's of the world, or, or the wannabe Richard Petty's, right, who, uh, who are looking for maximum performance, that's a different message. But if you, if you have the content from Wagner then the chances are that you'll be able to convince the customer that Wagner's the right brake choice. What have we failed to talk about? Anything burning inside that you want to get out? I appreciate you doing this because what we formed here is we're trying to take data and mix it with the importance of video because we are in a video information age. And, and everybody, everybody we're seeing out here has a cell phone on them and they're pulling things up. And they may be pulling up games that they pay for, or they may be looking up videos about cars. That's a profile. Ding. Right? Uh, What do you call it? A pixel somewhere. You scared the heck out of me when you talked to me about how many months ago. They know everything about you. Well, you know, the the truth is, there's a flip side to all this. Robert talks about millennials. He's talked about them, you know, a couple of times now. Um, that generation cares less about privacy than our generation does. They are more than willing to sacrifice bits of their privacy for functionality. And they also, as Robert pointed out, educate themselves about everything. What kind of restaurant they eat on it, they're going to eat tonight. Uh, they're going to eat at tonight. Um, what kinds of shoes they're going to put, they're going to wear. I would have never made a reservation at a restaurant online. But here I am at Apex for a week. My anniversary is Sunday. 41 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Olympian medal. And and so my daughter, just the night before, she says, hey, are you going to take mom to our, you know, her favorite restaurant, Russell's? And I said, uh, yes. When? And I say, let's make it Monday. Four minutes later, my phone dings and she sends me the text of the reservation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. I mean, the dinners I've had here, all of them were done through open table, every one of them. I'm fascinated. I I loved the discussion. I think it really stretched my mind. I think it's going to stretch our our listeners' mind. And even though the technology may not be right there at their fingertips and ready to go, I think it gets them thinking 
Robert, on you know the CEOs of our businesses today have got to think always tomorrow, relationships, content. And because, as I said earlier, I'm a brand guy, I lo- just go out and get those brands engaged. And, and I and I think the industry, the aftermarket, will be better for it. Well, I think so as well. And I think at the end of the day, we need to start thinking about the fact that it's people who buy the products. Uh, if you look at what I've always considered a hole in aftermarket telematics, it tells you what's going to go wrong with the car. It tells you all sorts of things, except... It tells you nothing about the person. Now, I'm not saying it can't because I don't want to get too technical. The body control module has lots of information about who the person is. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that the focus was on the vehicle. You win when you put the focus on the person who is driving the vehicle. That's when you win. Yeah, understanding that driver, and then you take that product and you describe it and say, look, the reason you want to go with this brake is this reason. Here's how they make it. Here are the products they make. Here's what they use in building this. And that's the difference. And then I, I really believe customers want to buy the best thing they can for the price. And, and so showing them this is why our product is better. This is why we use our product. It has this, this, and this. And this is why we give you the warranty on it that we have. Al Haberstroh. Monad Media, Robert Cannon, Autonet TV. Thanks for being here. Thank Thank you. you. We really appreciate it, Carm. This was fun. It was fun. It was great to see you again. It was fun. Hey, thank you, Al Haberstroh and Robert Cannon. I so enjoyed this conversation, and I did learn a lot. Thanks for sharing your passion as we look to innovate ways to connect our customers. I'm amazed to think that there are 5,000 pieces or data points that describe me. Wow. And thanks for your creative efforts in making a link from manufacturer to shop to consumer. It sounds like a passion of yours. Hey, did you know that with the release of today's podcast, there are now 290 episodes in your audiobook library of aftermarket wisdom, ideas, insights, and inspiration? Cataloged, tagged, and archived so you can find your area of interest. On-demand audio is just like Netflix for radio. Your learning curve never, ever sounded so good. Hey, you're the reason we continue to bring you these inspiring stories. My payback is when you listen. Tell a friend. Remember, all ships rise when you pay it forward. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.